at the family reunion, who we introducing. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, we have all sorts of dynamics when it comes down to family members and such. And what's interesting, you know, family is very important to me. But I was watching this show um, called Queen Sugar, right? And one of the characters on the show actually presented a great question. If you were not related to your family members, would you actually encounter them and befriend them? That was very mind-blowing to me. And I was just like, you know what? You know, I have an interesting family. And... You know, so many things that come into mind, you know, family, love, support, um, happiness, right? But of course, we have issues just like any other person. So, that's something that I really want to talk about, family. Family and dynamics, and actually, could you see yourself being acquainted with your family members if you were not related to them? Welcome to the bathroom, Chronicles. <laughs> so, for this week's news and entertainment, a lot of people have been talking about the um, Layla Rashan and Antoine Fuqua, the Cole Murphy situation. It's it's actually interesting. Um, it broke out. Um, you you see pictures of Antoine and Nicole in Italy um, exchanging kisses with one another, and people are going ballistic about it, um, particularly due to the fact that this woman actually is friends with Layla. And um, if y'all don't know, Nicole Murphy was formerly married to Eddie Murphy. And Antoine, he has been directing for years. Um, he actually directed, um, what is it called? What is that damn movie called with Denzel Washington? Um, Training Day. Yeah, he, he directed Train Today, excuse me. And um, Layla Rashawn, she plays Robin from Waiting to Exhale. I know y'all remember Robin um, being that girl on the balcony um, as her former lover is throwing goddamn oranges at her for not going to the barbecue with her. You know what I'm saying? But back to the story at hand. Um, it's so many issues that are coming into play. People are playing it out as though it's Layla's fault that he actually cheated on her um, due to her weight and stuff of this nature. It's just bottom line is don't, don't, don't be messy. If you're going to do what you're going to do, do it behind the scenes. I, of course, don't, you know, support, you know, indulging in extracurricular activities as such, but at the same time, be respectful in that manner. Um, actually, a dude has two kids outside his marriage, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, you need to do stuff that is not going to be exploited. 
actually people are coming forward and saying that she's been doing this for years for example lisa ray um lisa ray is stating that nicole has did this before particularly with her ex-husband and i'm just like damn nicole not nicole not nicole not nikki you know what I'm saying? It's it's just really messy. And I just wish that people, you know, would really stop judging Layla. You know, my girl has had to deactivate her page on Instagram. It's quite embarrassing. And um, I just really want people to actually support her in this matter because it's really fucked up um, that old dude did this. And even more fucked up that... Nicole Murphy actually is saying that she didn't even know they were married. What the fuck? Like, y'all been cool with one another for years. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no motherfucking way you didn't know that they were not, that they were married. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's just messy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, also, also, you have, um, the whole, uh, issue with ASAP Rocky um being arrested in Sweden they're holding him in Sweden and it, it's crazy um <sighs> a lot of people in our community are actually you know really up in arms over this situation and you have other people who really don't give a fuck actually are saying that he should be over there because he did not support the black movement here in the United States. Um, it was an interview some time ago that he had did with a magazine stating that, you know, the issues that were going on were not um, affecting him. Particularly, he just, you know, he loved fashion love rapping love girls this thing of another but civil rights was not his thing and i get that to an extent but at the same time to publicly go out there and go against everything that you as a person stand for you're a black man and to say you know that you don't understand it's not what you're going for it's it's crazy to me especially being a man who lived in new york and who had issues um with the law before it's it's crazy to me why would you say stuff like that but here there um you have donald trump going and saying we're gonna get you out asap we're gonna get you you know i support the black community nigga you don't support nothing you support yourself in your red orange carrot top habit over there in the white house you do that you tend to you as we try to figure out what we're going to do to get this man out um also you got your boy r kelly r kell's great great writer producer all that good shit but man really fucking up um he actually faces life in prison reportedly um due to his um engagement with girls under age um 
it's 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 really crazy to me. It's it's wild. Um, he faces 18 counts of various sexual crimes against 10 victims, and that spans over from over 10, I think about 20 years. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's wild. You know, it's been going on for years as far as you know the allegations concerned, and it's really getting extreme. And people are of course up in arms people who are for him for example the girlfriend um Azriel Cleary who was going on social media um defending him and honoring him by saying that's her man and then you have other people who are just disgusted uh you have Lifetime actually considering having a second part two on the documentary that they had um released last year or earlier this year one or two and then you have this fool um daryl johnson i think that's his name he is his crisis manager who (laughs) got on cbs morning news he was talking to gail king and she asked this dude hey would you have your daughter around this man and he said i would not have any man who was accused of being a pedophile around my daughter that is like crazy to me first of all you know all together i don't support anything that r kelly has done i love his music but i don't support that shit as far as what he has done however as a crisis manager, you are supposed to fix the crisis, not, you know, go out on news and say shit like that. That was crazy. But anyway, um, dude said that he quit due to um, family issues, and he actually recanted what he said to TMZ. Um, well, what he said to Gail on TMZ. Um, he got on there saying that um, he would actually allow his daughter to be around this man. And of course, he looks like a dumbass for even saying all this shit. But neither here nor there, um, we, we really have to look at the situation as a life lesson. You can only get away with certain things for so long. And in this case, R. Kelly got caught up. And, you know, it amazes me, not only with the R. Kelly situation, I think that you know, we put so much energy into exploiting these situations when we actually need to go hand in hand for these people who um, are actually doing these things. Harvey Weinstein, you know, a lot of people are saying that he's not getting enough recognition for the things that he's done, but hell, he's not. And him and a load of other people are not being put on this pedestal as R. Kelly or the Bill Cosby's. I just think it's fucked up and that they actually need to put you know this man out because this man is actually continuously making money he's still making movies he's paying people out and nothing's being done with this so I think that they really need to you know put him on the chopping block as well you know what I'm saying and then you have um other people who who just look at this shit and they just think like oh my gosh 
This is so crazy, you know. You gotta support these. You, 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 although he's a brother, you know what I'm saying. He's he's within our community. I'm pretty sure a lot of you people were out here concede to his music. You really have to take an account to say, hey, we need to fix this problem. This brother needs help. Oh, he needs to definitely go to his ass to jail, but he definitely needs help. And he needs some type of treatment because that is wild to have gone years without actually being prosecuted or, you know, it's, 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 it's wild. Like I said, it's wild. It's wild. But um, I, I, I've really gone to full length and saying things, and I'm just like, damn, this man has gone through some things. And we really need to check on the people who have been, you know, who've had to endure the abuse, you know. Because I can only imagine actually stepping out to say that, hey, he did this to me, how it's affecting their lives. So, that's major too but I just also I, I, I got to really tell y'all this story about what I was reading today at work um, there was a situation I don't know how I came up on this I actually was joking with somebody about this some time ago um, one of my friends is cool with someone from Shabuda, Mississippi Shabuda, Mississippi, represent. Shabuda, Mississippi is in Clark County, a small village, about 400, 300 to 400 people. And back then, of course, you had issues as far as racism and all that crazy mess. But in this particular village, there was a bridge there is a bridge currently that people were lynched off of and this story that I read took me back it it really did it took me back to that moment in time because I was just like damn although I was not born I just can only imagine the type of shit that these people were having to endure black people um, there was a man by the name of E.L. Johnston, Dr. E.L. Johnston. He was a dentist in that community. And apparently, um, from the document that I read, he was a failing dentist. His practice was not doing as well during that time. And mind you, this is during the period of World War One. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't doing as well because you had to actually take all the soldiers over there and you had to draft. But anyway, this man was 35 years old and he had to move back in with his parents on their land. And what I found to be interesting is, you know, this man who was of great stature, he is a dentist very smart man apparently having to move back home and having to go through all these situations as far as you know dealing with black people the black people on their property were working 
to pay off the debt that their parents had accumulated over time. What debt they accumulated over time, I can only assume they were sharecroppers because that's what they were doing during that time. Um, And you had four black, um, I'm going to go ahead and say teenagers, basically, who were working on the property, two of which were females and they were sisters. Um, I can remember the sisters' names. They were, I think, Alma and Maggie Howes. And I think one was 16, the other one was 19 or 20 years old. And they were having to work for this man. This man raped both of the sisters and impregnated them. Got both of them pregnant. And I'm assuming... One of the males on the property who would work, who was working during the time, he and Maggie um, started courting one another. And I guess E.L. got pissed about them courting one another and confronted the black man about dating Maggie. He considered Maggie one of his girls. So the rumor has it that Dr. Johnston was messing around with numerous women in the community and a white man in the community actually killed him for messing with his wife. The white man who killed him pinned the murder on the black men that worked on the property. And so... The uh, the law enforcement, the crazy folks that lived in the area, of course, went to the black man and accused him of murder and forced him into a confession in which he really didn't do it. But by forcing him into a confession, um, he had to admit that other people were involved, which were the two sisters and a friend of his. They sent him to jail, sent them all to jail. And a mob, a white mob, rushed in into that jail. Actually took them out of the jail, forced them to the river where the um, bridge was. And Maggie, yelling and pleading for her life, they, one of the males who were a, who was a part of the mob actually grabbed a monkey wrench and hit her upside her head and busted her mouth open um and she was actually one of the last to survive cuz they threw both all the bodies over the bridge and hung them over and the girls of course were pregnant Alma from my understanding, if I have her name correct, I might be missing her name up. She was two weeks shy of giving birth to her baby. Maggie was four months pregnant. Maggie pleaded for her life. And they had to throw Maggie over multiple times so that she could actually hang properly. 
and afterwards um there were talks of people bragging about murdering this woman and her her friends I, I just I found it to be very crazy especially for it to be as close you know you have multiple murders you hear about the Emmett Till situation but there are so many people who have gone through you know terrorist acts in our country and are not recognized and I wanted to take time to um actually bring this story to light because not too many people know about that I mentioned this to one of my students today and I was just like man so many people don't know about the the amount of stories that have happened in the state of Mississippi or in the south or even in this country that black people had to endure we of color we black people have endured so much and it's just amazing to see the amount of endurance and resilience resilience that we have um, and how forgiving we are. And I just, I'm, 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 I'm really amazed that that community, that community of Shabuda, Mississippi, is still around. And now I want to say about 73% of that community is black and guess what that damn bridge is still up it's still up and they've closed it they've since closed it however it has a landmark on it due to its um its history of lynchings I, I found that very fucked up but you know what hey that's Mississippi for you and on top of that that shows us shows me that we as a society have to push these stories we have to allow America to know what we have suffered through we have to So, um, in the bathroom, as I told you earlier, um, the topic um, of discussion is family. Could you see yourself being friends with your family members if you weren't related to them? That's a a question that really touched me, you know, to an extent because, you know, family, like I said before, is very important to me. Um, I'm the only child and my relationship with my mother and my father I have, you know, experienced a lot with my parents. My parents were fairly young when they had me. Um, My dad being 18, my mother was 20. And it was a lot, 
you know what I'm saying, you know, as far as what I could remember, you know, I wasn't the perfect child either, you know, I had my fair bullshit that I did that made my mama and my daddy want to kill my ass sometimes, but the love that we have for one another and the support that I've garnered from them, I couldn't, I wouldn't trade that for the world i'm very appreciative of everything that they've done for me but i can say that i have experienced you know feeling you know some uncertainty about certain things but i know for you know without a doubt i know that they love me and they care about me. Um, and my extended family, same situation. Um, I have grandparents who love me, support me, aunts and uncles and such, you know, cousins and all that good stuff. But I think on moments that really, you know, kind of fuck with me a little bit and I look at them like, damn, you know, those were situations that really, you know, tamper into why I don't communicate as much with um, certain family members. But um, I will let you know that my cousins um, were my first friends that I ever had. Um, We were very close growing up. We did everything together. We went um, to little parties here and there together. I communicated with them about everything. And they did the same for me. And talking to me about their situations. And so have you. But we're not as close as we used to be. And I often sometimes wonder, why in the hell, what in the hell? Why in the hell, what in the hell happened, you know? And I'm intrigued by it because it's like, damn, like, where did the time go where we were so close that it was inseparable? And it really kind of hurts sometimes. But I was communicating with one of my good friends slash cousins, Kiki, um, about you know, the close knit of a friendship versus a family. And she told me, she said, sometimes I feel as though I'm closer to my friends than I am with my family. And I do feel that way sometimes. I feel like I have put them on a pedestal where they are family. And they are, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's just, it's really crazy, you know? And it kind of boggles me sometimes because I'm just like, damn, you know, where, like I said before, where did the time go? But I'm going to give you a particular example. One of my cousins and I, um, we were, we are a year apart. And we have had, at that time in our lives, I want to say probably up until the age of 14 for me, 15 for him, we you know, communicated regularly and we talked about everything and we went everywhere together. But I think what changed for me was moving. 
Um, I am from a small town called Bay Springs, Mississippi. And I loved going up there, y'all. Like, I... You couldn't tear me apart from going up there. I went up there just about every weekend. And when I got older, it was just like I had grew accustomed to being around people and them being the same. You know what I'm saying? Not realizing that we are getting older and we are having to adapt to certain situations. For me at that time, I was having to adapt to my academics. I grew very serious about my academics during that time. I had went from being an average student to being above average personally. You know, not just the smartest ass nigga, but you know what I'm saying? I maintained a good GPA and I had a good ground of organizations that I was a part of during that time. And I was just like, you know, very involved in my scholastics extracurricular activities that was me so whenever i would go up to bay springs my 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 uh my cousins they were not as intrigued by that shit at all as far as they knew they didn't give a fuck about none of that shit all they were saying was um at that time and i'm gonna keep it 100 busting the nut and (laughs) and drinking and smoking at the age of 15 you know what i'm saying and it was very intriguing to me and i wasn't always into all that shit but at the same time it was just like i knew it was but i wasn't really as focused in on it and i was just like damn you know what i'm saying like it's a lot to handle you know with being young and dealing with the pressures of having to deal with everything but I remember, I recall this situation occurring, um, and I always tell the story about how I got my, um, what is it called, my curfew. I was with my cousin, and we were driving around at the age of 14 and 15. He didn't even have his license, but he was able to drive around. He had permission from his mom to do so. And we were just driving around, and he told me, he was just like, hey, there's a party um in town tonight and you know i'm thinking about going would you like to go and i was just like yeah you know and i really did not want to go but at the same time it was just like man the pressures of life you do what you gotta do so i um with thinking and hoping that he would actually forget about the party but he insisted on going and I went with him and I went and I did not enjoy myself at all and I'm having to communicate with my mom to let her know where I'm at because my mom oh my god she's that woman she is the the lioness to AT she will protect her cub even as a grown ass man to this day my mama is that motherfucker who will put you in line about me you know what I'm saying she would go to war even if I don't want that to happen she will go there but she wanted to know every step that I took and I actually let her know you know I wasn't even being sneaky I went on ahead and let her know everywhere that I went that night and 
it was just like it went from 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Time had went by fast. And I'm going back and forth all over the place, all over town with my cousin. And I remember walking back to his house because I had to stay at his house. I walked back to his house and um, he was just like, man, we had a good time. I was just like, hell no, I didn't have a good time. But I didn't say that. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hell no. But I'm just walking in silence. And I contacted my mama to let her know I was. And she was just like, hey, it's kind of late, you know? And I'm just like, yeah. Because I think it was about 2 o'clock. What in the hell? Uh, what in the hell does an 8th grader have going on at 2 o'clock in the morning? Right. So I shouldn't have been, been out, period, that late. But I remember the next day my mom telling me that, you know, that shouldn't have happened and it won't happen again you know and she wasn't even saying it in a way that was distasteful or could have rubbed me the wrong way i respectfully understood why she did what she did she told me i had a curfew and i was just like what a curfew like my cousin didn't even have a curfew but as time rolled on i began to distance myself from my cousin and it was all based on the fact that we could not relate to anything at that point. He was literally living a life that I could not obtain. And I was not trying to obtain at that time. And I didn't understand it. And it really took me by, uh, you know, it took toll on me for a while because we were so close. But as time went on, I just couldn't understand it. But as I got older... Um, we really grew distant for real, for real. Um, it went on for years where we didn't see one another. And up until recently, I was able to reconnect with him and we talk here and there, but it will never be the same. And that's kind of hard to make that adjustment, knowing that you can be so close to someone for a long period of time and then wake up realizing that you're not going to ever be the same. You've grown up. And that's one of the things that I had to understand as a man. You really have to see things for an outside view. And what I knew was that he had to take steps in order to get to his place where he's at now. He's much calmer. He's more respectful than he used to be because my cousin used to cut the fuck up. But it was amazing to see. It's it's amazing, currently. Amazing to see his growth as a man. He's a father. And I'm amazed at how far he's come. Very much a life-changing event. And, you know, I look at that like, damn, if we were not related, could we have, would it have been possible to make a connection like that again? Could I have actually communicated with him again? I don't think so. And I'm okay with that. But at the same time, it's just like, wow, you know? And it's, it's intriguing to see how things go over time. Same thing with my parents. My mom and my dad, you know, in their younger days, they were a mess. 
<laughs> and I love them. Um, actually, next week comes is uh, we're entering to next week where they will be celebrating their I think fifteenth year anniversary of being married with one another. Fifteen years of marriage. I'm pretty sure that it's been some crazy shit happening along the way that I have no idea about. Um, but and some things I do have idea about. But I do know um, that their relationship has stood the test of times, and I respect that, nonetheless. But my personal relationship with my parents has grown stronger. I pray on that sometimes that we can grow stronger with one another in terms of our relationships because we deserve one another but i think on certain events that have occurred in my life and i'm like why the fuck did that happen um my mom and my dad were hardcore. i realized that during my writings during um grad school i had to do a case study on myself and having to do that having to describe my family unit i was like damn you know what the fuck like how in the hell this happened and so as time rolled on with me and continually writing i had to address the situation with my father i talked to him about it and we talked for hours it was probably up until about two or three o'clock in the morning where we just sat and talked about things in our past that we've experienced and he told me something that really blew my mind he told me that he didn't know what he was doing he didn't know what he was doing he said he was only doing what he felt that was best for me my dad was hard up when when I was growing up up until an extent I think I got to about school when I was getting into school it was like he wanted more out of me he wanted me to toughen up and I didn't understand why he couldn't be just the the happy jolly person that I had grown to know him to be my dad is not that type of person you know where he's just this happy jolly go about person He's one of the realest motherfuckers that you will ever meet. And he say shit that will get to your core. You know what I'm saying? But as a child, I didn't understand that shit. I'm just like, what the fuck did I deserve to for you to say some shit to me like that? And he used to say some things that really used to piss me off. But as I grew up, I realized that I began to do the same thing. I began to act similar to him. My friends would tell you, hell, my girlfriend too, that I can be one of the rudest motherfuckers ever sometimes. And it's not intentional. It's just something that I have grown accustomed to. I think it's a safeguard for me where I'm able to just cut off and just be as dry and to the point as possible. That comes from my father. And I realized in our conversation that we had that night why 
my father acts the way he do in terms of with me my dad was growing up with me literally from 18 to now he's 45 he grew up with me literally he was a child himself he didn't know any better and on top of that he had to make experiences that were conducive to my learning you know i think it is it's more so of like a person trying to get you to understand how the world can be and i think that's what he was trying to do but he told me something that was really crazy he said i didn't know what i was doing and i was only trying to toughen you up because i wanted you to be prepared for whatever was to happen and he apologized to me and i was just like damn you know normally you're not going to get an apology for something that you mean but he apologized for being as hard as he was on me and my parents probably think oh my gosh Kenneth probably thinks I'm, I was hard as fuck on and you were as hard as fuck as you were you were hard but at the same time I thank my parents I thank them um, for being as hard as they were they taught me hard work dedication and to be true to who I am at heart and don't let any motherfucker tell you otherwise and they also taught me to be loyal that is something that I am grateful for and I totally understand now could I see myself being friends hell no because I can't relate to a goddamn thing that he's going through but at the same time I do know for a fact that my parents would go to war for me currently as their child as their son and I'm respectful of that and I love that and I embrace that totally and I just I think it's interesting how families have grown apart over the years i don't see as many family units as i used to when i was growing up my family used to gather for every damn holiday nowadays it's kind of hard for us to get together and i am very you know intrigued i really love the family unit i love everything about family but family can also be very difficult i think the issues that we as black families have we love hard but at the same time we had we are hard at forgiving we are hard at forgiving those who have hurt us and that's a problem that's a problem especially when we can do so much more you know we're able to do so much in terms of trying to organize and such and you know be a support system to your family members that's all I gotta say be there and be supportive at all costs and know when to apologize and listen to one another that is something that is very important I think the concept of listening is very important when you listen to somebody you are an opening ear you're lending your ear to someone and you're actually doing a train of thought 
And when someone trusts you enough to tell you something, listen to them. I think family has forgot about the essentials of love, laughter, learn, learning, and listening. It's very important that you listen. And it's very important that you actually have God present within that. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to push that on you or anything like that for those who don't believe but I'm telling you I believe that God will take you there and he will allow you in on things that you didn't see before and that's one thing that I took grasp to before I mean later after um realizing my family dynamic I'm very in tune with my family history and I've grown accustomed to seeing how our family has come to be today and I want to continue a legacy that will shine through and that my children can say hey I'm a part of that family you know what I'm saying but like I said you have to be able to love laugh learn and listen that's a concept and that's a habit that we all can learn And that's something that we can all enjoy from one another. When you take the joy out of being a family, you will suffer. And there won't be a time where you will not be able to see certain people. Take heed of that and do something about that. Communicate with your family members. Talk to them. It took a long time for me to actually communicate with my cousin that I had not talked to in years. But I was able to allow certain things to go wayside to understand that, hey, that can be a life lesson for me. I'm not necessarily trying to regain a friendship or a relationship per se, but I just want to, you know, extend love and fellowship with my cousin. That's what I did. And I know there's love there. It will never go away. But at the same time, Love your family. That is very important. Very important. So as I close, of course, you know, I have to go into the whole of the week. Holy, observant, excellent. Yeah, that rings a tune. Um, I actually want to shout out Monique. Monique. Y'all know the comedian who won the Supporting Actress um, Award for um, for the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for her role in Precious. She played Precious's mother, Mary. Crazy Mary. I got my... I shut my fat ass up. It was a crazy movie, but that particular part just always makes me laugh. But um, Monique has been going through a lot um, these past couple of years, defending her character, um, particularly from people like Oprah, Tyler Perry, and Lee Daniels. And I watched an interview. Oh, also Steve Harvey. I watched an e- <laughs> I watched an interview. Um, this morning and I was intrigued 
by her resilience as a woman in this industry, um, having to, you know, combat everybody who says that she is a drama queen and this, that, and the third. I just am amazed to see that this woman is able to let the world in on who she is as a person. She's going through a very tumultuous life, um, particularly with her family and her um, upbringing in the industry. I just think that it's, it's interesting to see how she's able to stride through with a smile and the type of energy she has. I don't know her personally, but I'm intrigued by that. And I've always supported her in everything that she does. So I just really want y'all to, you know, you know, show Monique some love. Go follow her. You know what I'm saying? She's she's out there and she's she has a podcast herself and she's doing a thing. Um and and I just I feel like she's opening up about the industry, about things that we as people need to be aware of. There are so many things that we as audience fans don't really see. We need to be more cognizant of how this industry rolls. We invest money into these shows by watching them. Be aware of the fake facades that are being pushed out there, the propaganda that is being pushed out there. Be knowledgeable of those things. And as I come to a close in the bathroom, in the bathroom, in the bathroom, um, I just want to remind you that, you know, family is important. Family is very important. And you should always, always be supportive of family, regardless of if they're biological or not. Be supportive of family and love one another. Show each other love. Embrace one another. And talk to one another. It's very important that we talk to one another. And give each other a hug. Embrace, embrace, embrace. And tell one another that you love them, okay? Alright? Now that's what we gonna do in the bathroom. We gonna embrace one another. I'm gonna give y'all a big old hug and tell y'all have a good night and stay blessed. Okay? I love y'all and peace in the Middle East. Bye!